I want to welcome you to today's podcast. And in this podcast, I'll be bringing you teachings from the Word of God that will bless you and inspire your spirit. And I know for sure that your life will never be the same again when you're done listening. God bless you as you listen. This podcast is sponsored by Check It Shop. Check It Shop, the first Christian anointed clothing brand. Your one-stop shop for high quality and heavily anointed clothing and accessories that will look good on you and most importantly, terrorize the kingdom of darkness. Visit CheckItShop.com. Check it in style. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to welcome you to this wonderful time sharing God's word with you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But before we do so, I would like us to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we worship you, we exalt your name, we bless you. We thank you for a wonderful opportunity for us to be inspired by your word. Lord, we ask that as your word comes to us, we ask that we be informed, we be reformed and transformed. And let everything that is said be to the glory of your name. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So once again, welcome to this um, amazing time in the presence of God where we will be looking into the word of God hallelujah now the Bible says that the entrance of God's word it brings light and understanding to the simple hallelujah God is about to bring his word into your spirit that will transform your life forever hallelujah praise God forever now I want to share on something that um, I believe I'm led by the Spirit to share today. And I believe that you're going to learn something new today. Hallelujah. Now, in as much as we are taught the Word, because we should listen to teachings of the Word, there are people who have gone ahead of us, who have studied before us. There are people who have walked the walk before us, and they have studied and done a lot of things and there's so much we can gain from them there's so much we can gain from from them but it's important for you to read your bible by yourself hallelujah very very important whatever it is that you are being taught it's important for you to check for it yourself it's important because the truth is many believers they miss out on so many big things from the word of god because they don't look into the word for themselves hallelujah so it's very important that you look into the word yourself look in hallelujah i'm going to read about a very important church in the bible Acts chapter 17 i'm reading from verse 10 it says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now Paul went to a certain place called Berea. And once he got there, he went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now watch verse 11. 
It says, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind. The brethren in Thessalonica, the Jews, the sing- first of all, I want you to understand this. Now, this was a synagogue of Jews. As at that time, they had not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ before. So they were a synagogue. In those days, the Jews, they have similar traditions as we do today in the church. For example, we worship Jesus every Sunday. We worship God on Sundays. They, do, they did that on the Sabbath days, which was usually Saturdays. Hallelujah. So what Paul did was he went to the different synagogues where the Jews met. And he went to preach the word of God to them. Now, of course, in those days, the only scripture they had was the Old Testament. So he went to their synagogues and preached from the Old Testament to tell them that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. So in many synagogues, when he went to preach, some they rejected his message, some they threw him out. But the Bible says the brethren in the, 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 the synagogue in Berea, they were more noble than those in Thessalonica. The ones in Thessalonica didn't want to hear the word. They, you know, they, they fought against them and all that. But these ones, the Bible says they were more noble than those in Thessalonica. In that they received the word with all readiness of mind. And searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So just as Paul was preaching and quoting scriptures, they looked into the scriptures themselves and searched daily if what Paul was saying was true. And look at verse 12. He said, Therefore many of them believed. Also of honorable women were Greeks and men, not a few. Hallelujah. When they looked in their Bibles and saw that what Paul was saying was consistent with the word of God, the Bible says they believed. Hallelujah. They believed. So see, don't trust any human being too much. It doesn't matter what name or title. I keep saying this. Don't trust anybody too much. Anybody can be deceived. Don't trust anybody too much. Whatever you are told, look into your Bible. The church in Beria, no matter what Paul was saying, they were not carried away that he is an apostle or anything. As he was speaking, they looked into their Bible and then they saw that what he was saying was true. That was when they believed. So what you believe basically should be the word of God, not necessarily what anybody says. Many times you hear people quoting, when they want to quote, they quote this man of God, quote this man of God, quote this person, quote that person. It's okay to quote them, but your final quote must always end in the word of God. Hallelujah. This is so important because that person you are quoting he could have been deceived. Last year, a man of God came online. He came and he did a video. And he was apologizing about some mistakes that he had made. Some teachings that he had taught in time past. And he said certain things that he had taught were not right. But now he knows that it's not. he wasn't supposed to be like that. 
thank God for his um, the courage to come out and say yes I thought certain things some years ago but those things were not right this is the truth hallelujah and that's what it should be so imagine those who have been running running with the word that that man had said 20 years ago they have been running with that message they would have been running in error because that word was not true according to what he had come out to say so imagine you for 20 years of your life because you believed a certain teaching you were in bondage you were running in error for 20 long years that's like a sentence of 20 years imprisonment don't trust any human being too much to not look into your bible this is so important that's why i try my best whatever i say to you i show you from the scripture so you can also look at it and believe not because i said it but because the word of god said it hallelujah it doesn't matter what dreams they have it doesn't matter what visions they have some dreams and visions might be for a particular person it may not be for you that somebody had a dream or had a vision and God showed the person certain things and said this is how you should do it you should do it it might just be for that person it may not be for you I'm going to give you a very practical example I was listening to Kenneth E. Hagin some time ago that's one man of God I read a lot of his books and I've been blessed by him but you see Kenneth Hagin came up one day he said Jesus appeared to him one of the times I think Jesus appeared to him in his ministry about eight times Jesus showed up physically eight times in his ministry about eight times in his ministry and just the way I'm talking to you now he saw Jesus sitting down next to him and Jesus was speaking to him and telling him things now one of the things that Jesus told him he said Jesus told him to not lay his legs if he's ministering he should only lay hands only legs that's what Jesus told him and then he now went on to explain some things from the scripture based on what Jesus told him hallelujah now I read this thing as a young man in my late teens I read that book but then I looked at other men of God they were ministering and when they minister sometimes they use their legs and miracles happen so I was like Lord what is going on here Jesus appeared to this person and told him don't lay your legs but then now this other person is using legs and it's working Lord what am I supposed to do and then he told me clearly he said that was a message to Kenneth Hagin and sometimes God may tell you something maybe because of the area where you live because of the people around it's a personal word for that individual it does not necessarily mean it's for everybody hallelujah this is so important I started studying my Bible and I saw that the priest of of um, of the Lord in the book of Joshua it was through their legs the Bible says the minute their feet stepped into the Jordan the water divided in other words the anointing passed through their legs into the Jordan and divided it and again the Bible says wheresoever the sole of your feet treads upon there I have given to you so in other words the anointing passes through your leg to possess the land 
Hallelujah. So it's important. Don't just go by what um, somebody says. Anybody just comes out to say, what is God telling you? Read your own Bible by yourself. Have a revelation for yourself. And let the word of God back up what you are doing or what you believe. Hallelujah. So it's very important. Like the Berean church, we study the Bible by ourselves. And also in studying of scripture, there are different levels. Hallelujah. That's so important. There are different levels. And I've taken time to explain before in previous teachings. I've taken time to explain before how that God does not kill. God is not a killer. Now, if you study some scriptures, it might suggest like it looked like God killed this person. For example, here was the ark of Jehovah being carried. And David had the military men carried in a new cart and all that stuff. And there was a time it was shaking. And a man called Uzzah stretched out his hand to save the ark. And the Bible says God smote him and killed him. This man had good intentions. He wanted to save the ark because it looked like the ark was falling. He had a good intention. And he tried to save the ark. But he was smote and killed. Is that how God is? When you look at it, it's not consistent with the character of God. Why would God kill a person who was trying? It was not God. Even though if you study from the Old Testament, the Old Testament writers, they didn't have much revelation about the devil. So everything that happened, it was God. But when you go deeper into the knowledge of the character of the spirit, you will know the Bible says God is light. In him is no darkness at all. God is love. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. Why would a God of love strike and kill a man like that? Not God. The law was there. The Bible says he that breaks the edge, the serpent will bite. The law was there. It's only the priests that were permitted to touch the ark. That was the law. So anyone that was not a priest and touched the ark, that one has broken the edge. And so what? The serpent strikes that person. Talk about, look at the story about God. The Bible says he is slow to anger. Even when somebody has gone against God and does something, he doesn't kill them fast. It wasn't God. Hallelujah. So when you study on the periphery, you see that, oh, God did this, God did that. But when you go deeper into scriptures, you will discover that God doesn't kill. I said it before, I said God is a healer. He is not a killer. Hallelujah. So God doesn't kill. Very, very important for you to understand that. So even in studying the scriptures, there are different levels. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want us to look at being led by the spirit being led by the holy spirit hallelujah glory to god and i want us to look at some very interesting scriptures which i've written now i want before i go on i want for for us to understand what the holy spirit came to do what is his mission hallelujah what is his mission Hallelujah. Now I want us to look at the book of John chapter 14. The book of John chapter 14. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm reading from verse 16 to verse 17. 
It says, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Oh my God. He says, I will pray the Father, and he will send you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I told you, as a believer, don't pray that prayer anymore. Say, cast me not away from my presence, O God. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Like David prayed in Psalm 51. When you are born again, don't pray that prayer. The dispensation in which David was in, the Spirit could come and leave. But Jesus said, I'm going to pray the Father and he will send you another comforter that will abide with you forever. He's the same one that said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what he said. And when he said that, he didn't put any conditions. And remember the Bible says, while we were unfaithful, he remained faithful. So because you became unfaithful, because you made a mistake, God did not leave you. You are not in the days of David. Look at it again. It says, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. And just in case you are wondering who this comforter is, verse 17 says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. The spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So he said he is with you and shall be in you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want you to understand, I, I, I was taught something for many years, which I held on to. But there are some questions that I had. There are some questions that I had until some more light was thrown in. And now I understand better. You know, there has been this argument of when was the church born? When was the church born? And I was always taught that the church was born on the day of Pentecost. Because that's when, you know, the Spirit was sent from heaven. The Bible says there was a rushing mighty wind and it filled the room where they were gathered. And it separated upon their heads as cloven tongues of fire. The Bible says, and they spake with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts chapter 2 verse 4. Hallelujah. So I was always taught that the church was born on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. But then I, I began to study and there are some things that I didn't understand which are now becoming clear. Because the Bible says that Jesus is the head And the church is the body. Hallelujah. Jesus is the head. And the church is the body. Hallelujah. And Jesus is called the first 
begotten from the dead. The first begotten from the dead. Let's look at it in the scriptures. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm. Acts chapter 26. I read from verse 23. There are other scriptures, but let me read this one. If I, um, I could also read others. Now, watch this. It says that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. Okay, let's go to Colossians. Okay, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 20. I'll read more scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 20. It says, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become, thank you, the first fruit of them that slept. The first fruit. Hallelujah. Still reading more, I'm going to explain. Colossians chapter 1 verse 18. It says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning. Jesus is the beginning. The head of the church, the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. Now, guess what? When a woman gives birth, what part of the baby comes out from the womb first? The head. Is that not correct? The head comes out first, then the body follows, connected to the head. Praise the Lord. Very, very important. So when Jesus rose from the dead, that was the birth of the church. Hallelujah. Remember what the Bible says in John chapter 1. John chapter 1, and I'm reading from verse 10. Hallelujah. It says, He was in the world. And the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as receive him, to them gave he power, verse 12, to become the sons of God. To as many as receive him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Verse 13 says, Which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of man, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Hallelujah. Now, prior to the death of Jesus Christ, he was the only begotten of the Father. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Then the Bible also says, Except a corn of wheat first falls to the ground and dies first, it abideth alone. So Jesus, before he died, he was alone. But when he died and was buried, his resurrection was like a germination. But you see, when he germinates like that, he, doesn't, he didn't come out by himself. He came out with the church. 
The whole structure is connected. Both the corn, the cob, everything is connected. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. The vine and the branches are connected. Hallelujah. The vine and the branches are connected. So at the resurrection of Jesus, that was when the church was born. Hallelujah. I was taught that um, it was impossible for the church to be born before the Pentecost because the Holy Spirit was not available. Hallelujah. But I want us to look into the word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, it's important to understand uh, there, there was the, the dual workings of the Holy Spirit. There is the work that the Holy Spirit comes to do in an individual, in the person's life, and there is the work he comes to do for the body, for the church. Hallelujah. For empowerment. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want us to read John chapter 4, verse 13 to 14. John chapter 4, verse 13 to 14. I know somebody's hearing something very new today, but I'm going to go a bit deeper in this thing. Glory to God. Now, Jesus was speaking here, John chapter 13. John chapter 4, verse 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, this was the woman at the well. Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Talking about the well they were standing before. Verse 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing into eternal life. The well of water I will give you will give you eternal life for you. Not for anybody else, but for you. Hallelujah. Very, very important. Now let's see another one. John chapter 7 verse 37. John chapter 7 verse 37. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Then verse 39 says, But this speak he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Hallelujah. So he was talking about the Holy Spirit that you will receive. Hallelujah. He says, Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The Holy Ghost that you will receive because Jesus had not been glorified so that could not be released hallelujah but now watch this okay let me read another scripture the book of Ezekiel let's go there because there are some new um, New Testament realities there Ezekiel 36 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Ezekiel 36, verse 25. Hallelujah. 
Now, the Lord is speaking and the prophet by the Spirit of God is talking about what will happen in the future. He says, Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. Now he's talking about the born-again experience. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart I'll take yeah, I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you an heart of flesh. He's talking about the born again experience. Verse 27. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When you are born again, I will put my spirit into you. And then my spirit in you will cause you to walk in my statute. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So because there are, there are two experiences. There's that one when you, you get born again, you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Then there is the infilling of the Holy Spirit and then you receive the gift of the Spirit speaking in tongues and all. Now these are two different experiences but they are for different purposes hallelujah open your bible to the book of romans romans chapter 8 and i'm reading verse verse 9 romans chapter 8 verse 9 Thank you, Jesus. It says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. And he says, Now, look, this is a critical part. Now, if any man have not the spirit of God, he is none of his. If any man have not the spirit of God, he is none of his. So that moment, you pray the prayer of salvation and you receive Jesus into your life. The Spirit of God comes in. Hallelujah. But then there is an infilling of the Spirit when the Spirit of God comes upon you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Very important to understand that. Hallelujah. Very, very important to understand that. There is difference. When you are born again, the Holy Spirit comes upon you, comes into you, and you are ready. Even after you pray that prayer of salvation, whether you have received the infilling of the Holy Spirit and then you know the gift of speaking in tongues and all, even if you've not received that, the moment you pray that prayer of salvation, you receive Jesus into your life, you are ready for heaven. Why? The Bible says. As many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. So the moment you receive him, you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, you receive that power. You believe with your heart, you confess with your mouth, you receive that power to become a son of God. The Spirit of God comes into you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now let's look at another part. John chapter 20 verse 22. Hallelujah. I pray that the Spirit of God will open your heart to understand what it is that I'm saying. Hallelujah. Now, spiritual realities can only be communicated by the Spirit. 
Hallelujah. Now watch this. John chapter 20 verse 22. Now this was after the resurrection of Jesus. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. This was before his ascension. This was before Pentecost. He said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. He breathed on them. How? He blew on them. Just like we do today. And he said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. He said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost because it was possible at the time. Because the Holy Ghost for salvation, look at the next verse. Then he says, Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. So when he talked about receiving the Holy Spirit here, this was the Holy Spirit for salvation. The Spirit for salvation. As at that time, it was possible. He was not telling them of something that will happen in the future. He was telling them of what was possible at the time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So this time, when he said, when he breathed on them, and he said, receive ye the Holy Ghost, that was actually the birth of the church. Because the Spirit of God came upon them and they were born again. Because remember, like I said earlier, when a woman gives birth, the head comes out first and then the body follows immediately after. So Jesus was the firstborn from spiritual death and the body, which is the church, followed him immediately. The Bible says he is the head of the church. He is a part of the church. Do you understand? They are not separate entities. Jesus is not one and then the body another. No, we are one. We are together. Do you understand? So the birth of the church was the resurrection of Jesus. So at this point, when he said, Receive the Holy Ghost, they became members of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Very important. And then you see Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, and I'm reading from verse 52. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter 24, verse 52. If you read from verse 51, it says, And it came to pass while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried into heaven. This was his ascension. Now look at verse 52. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Great joy. The Bible says righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Then if you read in Galatians chapter 5, the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Joy is one of the manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit. The recreated human spirit. The Bible says, and they were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. That could have only been possible because now they were saved. Even though the Pentecost, the Spirit had not come from on high to empower the whole church for service. 
Hallelujah. I want to show you a scripture. Why? What was that second experience about? Now look at Luke chapter 24, the same Luke 24, verse 49. He gave them an instruction. Luke chapter 24, the same 24, verse 49. It says, And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. He said, Wait in Jerusalem because immediately after the ascension they were ready to go and talk about jesus they wanted to go and be witnesses they wanted to go and talk about him he said no wait in jerusalem until you be given power you'll be endued with power from on high power for what a witness not for salvation go to acts chapter 1 Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Look at it. It's the same thing. This was right before his ascension. He said, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses. You see? What you read in John 20, 22, after he said, receive ye the Holy Ghost, the next thing he talked about was remission of sins. That was the Holy Ghost for salvation. But now this one is the Holy Ghost for witnessing. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Hallelujah. For witnessing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles to the book of Galatians chapter 4. And I'm reading from verse 4. Hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because, look at verse 6, and because you are sons, God had sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. The moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you become a son or a daughter of God, the spirit of adoption is sent into your heart. So you are awakened to the fatherhood of God. You just know that God is now your father. The spirit of adoption. That's the Holy Spirit for salvation. Hallelujah. Did you see that? The Spirit of God for salvation, different from the one for empowerment for Christian service. Hallelujah. Let's also look at Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Look at it again. He 
said, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So when you got born again, the spirit of adoption was sent into your heart. That's what awakened you to the fatherhood of God. That's what made you know that God is now your father. That's what gave you the guarantee that if you die now, you are going to heaven. That spirit of adoption. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want you to look at um, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 22. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 22. He says, Who have also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts? The earnest, that word means the guarantee of the Spirit. Guarantee for what? The guarantee of salvation. Hallelujah. The guarantee of salvation. Who have also sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 again. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 5. It says, Now he that had wrought us for the self same thing is God, who also hath given us, given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in this body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. The earnest of the Spirit, the guarantee of the Spirit that we are children of God, that we know that if we have to leave this world, we are going to be with the Lord. The earnest of the Spirit. This came at the time of salvation. Hallelujah. But you see, just with being, just with being born again, it's not enough. Hallelujah. Just praying a prayer of salvation and receiving the spirit of adoption, whereby you cry, Abba, Father, that's not enough. Because the Bible says the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from the servants. Hallelujah. We need the anointing to come upon us because that's what can enable us, will enable us for Christian service. Very important. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Very, very, very important. So I want us to look at different works of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The first work of the Holy Spirit coming into us. Hallelujah. The first work of the Holy Spirit coming into us is for inward witnessing. Hallelujah. Before, before you were born again, there are certain things you could do freely. Certain sins you could commit, you wouldn't feel bad. But after you get born again, you hear that voice speaking inside you saying no you're not supposed to do this you are a child of god maybe you want to go to church on this sunday and you have to go to church but you just sit down and it's like you're tired a voice will speak inside of you saying but you should go to church get up and go to church 
that voice on the inside. I want us to open to Romans, Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Hallelujah. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16 says, the spirit itself, now that thing should be himself because he's a personality. The spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit. This is when you are born again, that we are children of God. Can you see that? After you have given your heart to Christ, like I told you earlier, the spirit of adoption is sent into you. So that spirit of adoption, he bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. He bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. But guess what? That's not the only thing he bears witness with. Hallelujah. That's not the only thing that he bears witness with. Look at verse 17. He says, and if children, then heirs. If we are children of God, then it means we have rights. Do you understand? Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Hallelujah. So the first work of the Holy Spirit is that inward witness. He witnesses in your heart that you are a child of God. He witnesses in your heart that you are an heir of God. You are not supposed to be sick because it's part of the plan. It's part of the package. You are not supposed to be broke because it's part of the package. Wealth is part of the package. Now I've said it before. Wealth, that you are wealthy does not mean you have an airplane or you have a big mansion or you have Lamborghini. That's not it. Those are material things. Wealth is, you have enough for yourself and you are able to bless others. That's wealth. And ultimately, you have peace of mind. The Bible says the blessings of the Lord, it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. So when you have enough for yourself and you are able to bless others, you are wealthy. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the Spirit of God bears witness, that inward witness. You are a child of God. But not only that, He bears witness with other things. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now another work, the first one I told you is that inward witness. The inward witness of the Holy Spirit. Now another work of the Holy Spirit is that He guides us. He guides us. Hallelujah. He guides us. Praise the Lord. He guides us. Hallelujah. Now let's open to John chapter 16, verse 13. I read earlier, the first one I read, Romans chapter 8, verse 14 explains it. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As many as are led, to be led means to be guided. As many as are led, guided by the Spirit of God. Now, this is so important because many people are looking for guidance from prophets and they walk in error. I'll talk about that shortly. But let's go to John chapter 16, verse 13. 
John chapter 16, verse 13. Hallelujah. Now make sure you look into your Bible. It says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. When he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He will show you things to come. You don't have to be a prophet for this. This is for every believer. Many of us are going to prophets to want to know about things to come. Instead of going to the Holy Spirit that is in us. He said he will guide you into all truth. Oh, he didn't say some. He said all truth. So here are three men that want to marry you. Which of them are you supposed to accept? The Holy Spirit inside of you will guide you into all truth. He will lead you to the particular person you're supposed to marry. Here you are. You have an opportunity for three different jobs. But you don't know which one to accept. He will guide you into all truth. He will lead you to which one you are supposed to accept. He will guide you into all truth. Many people are seeking guidance from men of God, from prophets. Hallelujah. Which is wrong. Some of you, what I want to talk about now, if you... Some of you probably have had experiences like this. Maybe you were about to make a decision, you were about to do something, and you did the wrong thing. You made a mistake. And then after you made a mistake, you say, ah, something inside of me told me I shouldn't do that. There was something inside of me, deep inside. I knew that that was not... Something, what was that something? Who was that something? That was the witness of the Holy Spirit, the guidance of the Spirit. And if only we as believers will follow more of the guidance of the Holy Spirit, there are very few mistakes that we will make. Hallelujah. Now it's true that God can guide us through supernatural means. For example, there are times you might be praying about something and asking God to show you about something. Hallelujah. And suddenly you will have a dream and in the dream you will see something and then you get guidance. When you wake up, you know, okay, I'm not supposed to do this because of the dream that you had. Sometimes God could show you a vision. That happens to me so many times. Hallelujah. But... The primary way in which the Spirit of God leads us today is through the inward witness. Hallelujah. There are sometimes He could lead us through those spectacular ways, but that's not all the time. And I always tell people we have to be careful about dreams and visions. Be careful. Because the devil can also show dreams. No matter how anointed you are, the devil can also show you a dream. You have to know that. 
Because read your Bible in the book of Matthew chapter 4. The Bible says Satan carried Jesus and showed him. <laughs> Jesus, this was Jesus. The most anointed person that walked on the face of the earth. The devil was able to show him something. Showed him the world and the riches and the glory of the kingdoms. The Bible says Satan took Jesus and showed him. So it's possible for the devil to show you something. It's not everything that you see that is from God. Some of you are so bent on your dreams. It's good. God leads by that way. But everything must be passed through in the light of the word of God. You must look at it through the light of the word. Very, very important. Hallelujah. In the light of the word, you heard a voice that spoke. It sounded like God, but what does the word say? If that word is not consistent with the word of God, it is not God. I don't care how the word came. The Bible says angels of darkness sometimes appear as angels of light. The word of God is what we use to judge, to know the source. It's not how it sounded. It's not how it sounded. Because a word said in a particular way, you say this is God. God said this. No! What does the word of God say? Especially when there are scriptures. Because the, look at it. He said it. He said he will take of mine and give to you. He's not going to bring his own doctrine. Anything the Holy Spirit tells you must be consistent with the word. If it's not consistent with the word, it is not the Holy Spirit. You must get that. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how the voice sounds. Today there is so much technology right now. They can do something and you will hear. They can do something. You will see your image. And you will hear your voice. Everything is recorded. Saying something that you know you never said in your life. Technologies like that exist. Hallelujah. And they are doing things right now. There's something that they, they are doing. They are recording people. And then they are recording certain things about them. So that even after they die, their great-great-grandchildren can know what they look like. So you can go and see a record. You can see a record of how your great-grandfather was. What he looked like. The kind of things he did. And then you can even communicate with the person. They have technologies like that. So that you heard a voice, you heard a word, and there's this particular way it sounded, and that's how God talks to you. It does not mean he's God. The main way that God speaks to his children is through that. In what witness, and it will be consistent with the word. Hallelujah. Many people are looking for the spectacular. They are looking for, let it be, look, I see visions a lot. By the grace of God, I function in the office of a prophet. And I mean, you can see that I, I see visions all the time. It happens. So I'm not bashing the office of a prophet. I've told you before that the office of the prophet is not for information, but for confirmation. And people need to be careful. Some of you believers, you do that. You run to people say, I have a word for you. I have a word for... Be careful with that. Be careful with that. 
If God tells you about somebody many times, it's for your information. It's for you to know. It's something he's telling you for you to know. It's not something for you to carry and start talking around. No. God doesn't need a mediator in this dispensation. He relates with his children one on one. Hallelujah. So be careful about that. Oh, God said I should tell you I have a word for you. Sometimes it's possible God could give you a word, but allow him to create the opportunity. There is a way he does it. Look at in the book of Acts chapter 10, for example. Here was um here was Cornelius. Cornelius was praying and praying, and suddenly an angel appeared to him and said, Send men to go to Joppa to get one Peter. Simon. So he will tell you words by which you will be saved. After talking to Cornelius, what did he do? He went over to Peter and also spoke to Peter. Hallelujah. He also spoke to Peter. And said, yes, there are men that are waiting for you. Go with them. I'm the one that sent them. That's how God does it. Let God do the connection. If God is giving a word for somebody, God, God giving you a word for somebody. He will also connect that person and make that person understand that yes, yeah, this person has something to tell you. The same thing when Paul got born again. He connected him with a man called Ananias. There was a spiritual connection. God was the one that did it. You will see the hand of God. Don't be in a hurry to run around and know. Let the Spirit of God lead you. Let the Spirit of God work it out, make it happen. Praise the Lord. In the New Testament, it is unscriptural for people to seek guidance from the prophetic, from the office of the prophet. That's not the function of that office. That's not the function of that office. It is for confirmation, not for information. So the prophet comes and has got this information and so now everybody is running by that information no it's confirmation when paul was on his way to jerusalem he knew that there would be dangers he knew and then what happened along the line some brethren he met along the way the prophet said and told him since you're going to jerusalem there will be problem and then again he went somewhere else and a prophet called Agabus came again and told him, he said, look, there will be, pro- there will be problem. When you get to Jerusalem, confirmation, he already knew. But he said to them, he said, what mean ye to weep and to break my heart? I'm not only ready to be persecuted, but also to die for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He knew it was for confirmation. Hallelujah. So we are supposed to seek counsel from the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We are supposed to seek guidance from the Holy Spirit by ourselves. Hallelujah. Now he can lead us through different means. Now here you are. Here you are. Um, There is a... Maybe you have a choice, like I talked about three companies. You have three companies you want to choose from, but you're not sure. And then you have prayed and said, Lord, give me the answer. And then you go to church, the pastor is praying, or his ministry, and suddenly the prophetic word comes. 
and the pastor is saying it you didn't discuss it with him but he's saying it by the spirit and I said number two the Lord says number two there's a way it will happen you didn't discuss with him it's not like he went to meet him and said please um, I, am, I have three choices to make which one am I supposed to make and then he now says the Lord said number two no it's not supposed to be like that it will be like a question in your heart and then a man of God who doesn't know about it he's just ministering and he just says it and then it will click with that thing inside say yeah this is the answer I'm looking for the spirit of God he could do it through that means he could do it through different means maybe a man of God is preaching on TV and then he just says it bam it clicks there is that weakness in your heart do you understand that that word that is being released is for you somehow you just know the Bible says deep calleth unto deep there will be a connection praise the Lord hallelujah any prophecy any prophecy that your spirit is not okay with you don't have to accept it it doesn't matter who is saying it hallelujah any prophecy if your spirit is not okay with it you don't have to accept it hallelujah there's something that E. Hagen said once he said of all the times Jesus appeared to him the last time he appeared to him he said, listen, I have given you guidance through this means many times. You have seen me appear to you and I've given you guidance. But this will be the last time you will see me like this. From now on, you would have to rely on the inward witness of the Holy Spirit for guidance. If there's a decision you have to make, pray about it. If you have to fast, fast and listen inside for that inward witness. The problem is that many people don't even trust themselves. They trust somebody else more than themselves. And many of these people, I'm telling you, I've encountered them. Many of these people you see out there running, carrying the title of prophet, many of them are fakes. They are not. Many of them are not prophets. Any prophet who just comes out and tells you the Lord said you should move to Spain and then you also just pack your things, you've not made any preparation, God never told you anything about Spain but you are going based on what that person tells you. That's error. Wait for the Lord to confirm, let the Lord, let the Lord confirm it to you before you move. And not just a dream. When the Lord is behind it, there is a way it works. I've seen a man who called himself a prophet and begins to tell people move from here today and every one of them have ended in disaster. Every one of them. Because as a prophet, you are not supposed to come with information. You are supposed to come with confirmation. It's just like, you know, that joke people laugh about. That joke that people laugh about. Here was a woman walking in church and a brother came up to her and said the lord said you are my wife and she looked at him and she laughed she said did the lord also tell you that you will marry my husband and my son hallelujah the guy did not know she was already married he came and said the lord said you are my wife that's nonsense it's nonsense now again let me take it one step deeper 
This is why I say be careful of how you go about saying the Lord said. Now it's possible that that woman could be his wife later. Because by the all-knowing mind of God, God knows that something will happen to the man, the woman's husband. And the woman, the man will die. And eventually this man will marry her. Those things can be known by God. And he might just tell you for you to keep it in your heart. Do you, I, I don't know if somebody is following me here. It, by the only, that's why be careful. Don't go about. Going to say the Lord said this. God can tell you and it could be God. But something, it's not time for that. So it's a knowledge you have for yourself. You just keep it and you just watch. You're watching. You don't say nothing. You're watching. Until certain things will happen, then the Lord will say, see what I told you. Because I knew that the man she married was not the right person. So certain things were going to happen to him. But when you marry this person, two of you will join together, you will fulfill destiny. Hallelujah. But the moment you go and you tell her, you spoil everything. Because you're supposed to keep it to yourself. It's important to know. Let's not be running around. God said I should tell you, God, be careful. Because when you do that, you might destroy the plan, plan of God. Hallelujah. It's so important. God wants his children to be led. So many things are happening right now. He wants his children to be led. And God can lead us through different things. He could lead us through uh, dreams and visions and very spectacular ways he could I have I have experienced something like uh, one day my God my God see that's why you have to be careful with spectacular one day I was listening to a man a so called man of God because he's not and he was it was on the phone, a prayer line on the phone. He was praying and talking. And he said, there is a woman you are listening to me right now. There is a man that you are supposed to marry. You are a woman of God. And you are supposed to marry a man. But you are skeptical. Because you think that this man will stop you from accomplishing this and accomplishing that. He said, the sign that you know that... The sign that you will know that this man is your husband is that in seven seconds, your phone will go off. And I was with this person. As God leaves, I'm telling you, I was there. Exactly seven seconds, the phone went off. I was there. Exactly seven seconds, the phone went off. This was a manipulation from hell. Because that man saw a so-called prophet, but he goes around sleeping with so many women and had promised many of them marriage. A manipulation from hell. Witchcraft in the highest order. I was there. This is not... So for those of you who are looking for the spectacular, you could be deceived. Exactly seven seconds. The, the phone went off. The battery was not dead. The phone was not bad. It went off. When you talk about witchcraft, 
Why? Because he wanted to manipulate this lady to make her feel like he was her husband and destroy her life. Manipulation from hell. The Bible says Elijah went to the wilderness. He saw earthquake, spectacular. He went to see if God was there. God was not there. And there was weed, there was fire, this and that. He went to check. God was not there. And then there was the still small voice. It's just like the inward witness we're talking about today. And God spoke. Hallelujah. Praise God. So as a child of God, listen for the voice of the Spirit in your heart. And as you study your Bible more, as you study the Word of God more, you will know more about the, 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 the way God speaks. What He tells you, you will know. I've told you before, it doesn't matter what voice you heard. It doesn't matter how the voice sounded. If it's not consistent with the Word, it is not God. If it's not consistent with the Word of God, it is not God. Don't be carried away by the spectacular. Many miracles of God are not spectacular. Hallelujah. For example, here you are. That's, you woke up at night and a voice began to tell you, pray, pray, pray. Now hearing that voice, and then you prayed. Not long after you heard that certain things were supposed to happen, but God saved you. That was a big miracle. A big miracle. How did it come? By that inner voice you heard on the inside. That's a big miracle. Even though it was not very spectacular. Hallelujah. Sometimes some spectacular things that we see are not miracles. Just like this seven seconds um, thing I, I explained to you earlier. It was spectacular, but it was not a miracle. It was a manipulation. A manipulation from hell. Hallelujah. So be careful of the spectacular. Learn to pray and ask God to guide you. Listen for that voice on the inside. Be led by the Spirit. And of course, the Word of God is the God real. Hallelujah. The Word of God. So anything that you hear, check from the Word. Imagine you waking up on Sunday morning and you hear a voice that says, um, don't go to church today. I want you to stay in the house and fellowship with me. Is that the voice of the Holy Spirit? No. Because Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, I'm not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. So when we are supposed to gather, you are supposed to be there. If he wants you to fellowship with him, there will be another time for that. But not when the church is supposed to gather. Hallelujah. Not when the church is supposed to gather. Sometimes the spirit can sound very religious. It's time for you to go to church. Say, no, I don't want you to go to church today. I want you to stay home and fellowship with me in your... Um, in your inner chamber or how do they put it in your closet that's not the spirit of god that's another voice the bible says if anyone whether paul or Cephas or apostles or any angel brings another gospel let him be accursed anathema it brings another thing that is inconsistent with the word of god 
is not God. Hallelujah. Follow the word. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I hope you've learned something. I started by telling you that the church of Jesus Christ was born at the resurrection of Jesus Christ because the head and the body are one entity. So when Jesus came out, the body came out as well. Hallelujah. And when he told them, receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit for salvation came upon them. The spirit of adoption was sent into their spirit at that time. And that's why they were able to cry about Father. But then when they received the Holy Ghost, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, I said, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon me and you shall be my witnesses. When the Spirit of God has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. So that was empowerment for witnessing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Very important for you to understand that. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I said it, I said, the Spirit of God, when He comes, He comes to guide you. He comes first as an inward witness. The Bible says the Spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. But of course, not only that, He also bears witness that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So health belongs to us. Protection belongs to us. Prosperity belongs to us. Is all part of the package. So the Holy Spirit comes to bear witness with that. Bears witness with our spirits that these things belong to us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And of course, He guides us by His Spirit. The Bible says when the Spirit of truth is coming, He will guide you. Spirit of God is coming, He will guide you into all truth. All truth. Hallelujah. So he is the one that will lead you. And then Romans 8, 14 says, As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. And I said the duty of the prophet, the prophet's office, is for confirmation. To confirm what is already in your spirit. Not to come with new information for you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word that we have received the entrance of your word indeed has brought light to us and understanding. Now we know better how to get guidance. We know how to be guided. Lord, as we pray and as we look inwards, according to your word, you said, Thine ear shall hear a word from behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. We will never walk in error. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Libra, Gaton, Shete, Kebosata. We will be guided by your spirit. No one will lead us astray. Because we are connected with you. Thank you for sending your spirit into us. Thank you because we know Jesus lives in us. And we are not disadvantaged. We give you praise and glory. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I hope you've learned something today. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I'm going to see you again with more other, um, some other, more revelations from the Word of God that will transform your life. Hallelujah. God bless you and I will see you again. Until we see you again, keep living in the atmosphere of God's word, God's worship, and God's miracles. God bless you. Bye-bye.
Join the man of God, Pastor Isaac Samuel II, for further deeper analysis of the Word of God and mind-blowing miracles during the Check It Church weekly services. On Sunday, we've got the Super Sunday service starting at 10 a.m. CST. Wednesday is a midweek Bible study at 6 p.m. CST. Then Friday is a prayer meeting also starting at 6 p.m. CST. We hope to see you there.